So Scott is the assistant pastor, my assistant pastor here. And Scott has, I think of it like a three-leaf clover. Scott has three roles here. One of his roles is he helps with all the staff here. Another one of his roles is he helps with all the house church ministry here. And then I think, which is really, if I know him, I think it's his love is he gets to oversee the interns. And so he's going to tell you about the 16 uh, interns that he's working with. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, seriously, man, like legitimately, I, I love working with the interns. They are so much fun. It's such an honor and a privilege for me to work with them. Okay, so um, you guys have such a privilege today to hear from the interns. And what's going to happen this morning is uh, several of the interns are going to share a word from the Lord um, with us all. And my hope and my prayer is that we would all be encouraged and edified and actually inspired by, uh, by these amazing interns. So that's my hope and my prayer this morning. Um, incredible group of interns. Um, real quick, um, one of the things that I love about the internship program is it's very holistic in the sense that we, we do a lot of different things with them. We're, 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 it's all about spiritual development with them, and it's all about raising up the next generation of spiritual leaders. So um, it's very holistic in the sense that we allow them to serve. We allow them to, um, we provide them mentoring. We provide them biblical studies and leadership classes. So it's really incredible from that standpoint. So I'm going to turn this over to Caleb. He's going to do some announcements here in a second. Before I do that, some of you may not actually be aware of really what this internship program is all about. So I'm going to talk a little bit, just very briefly, about what the internship program is. We actually, here at Calvary, we provide two internship programs, a nine-month internship program and a shorter summer internship program. The nine-month internship program follows kind of in sync with the school year, and um, both programs focus on spiritual development, as I mentioned, and they are, um, they're just... It's really, really cool because what they do is we, we have this, um, we we're actually taking a class, it's an it's a, it's a, uh, Old Testament survey class that we just finished, we're going, moving into a New Testament survey class, so this very cool biblical study component to it, very fun, and with the nine-month internship program, one of the cool things that we do is we actually, we actually um, partner each intern with a specific ministry and with um, a specific overseer. And what they do is they spend 12 hours a, a week working in that ministry. And then we also provide all that mentoring and the biblical studies as well. The summer internship program is a little bit different from the standpoint of it's shorter you get to, as an intern, you get to work with some of the ministries here at Calvary, and you get to um, rub shoulders with some of the staff and some of the pastors here. So it's a really, really fun program. Okay, we're going live starting today. If you are interested in being part of the internship uh, program here, either the summer or next year's nine-month internship program, you can get online. You can go at our app or our website. You click on the link, and you can go ahead and get signed up and get things started. If you have any questions on the internship program, come talk to me after 
the service, and I'd love to answer any questions you might have. Perfect. Um, hi, everyone. If you didn't catch that from the video, my name is Anna Wimsat, and I am the kids' ministry intern this year. Um, jumping right in, when I applied to be an intern and got accepted, I was really stressed going into the year, and I thought it would be a lot of grunt work. I thought, you know, like how in the movies the interns, the unpaid interns, get coffee for everyone, and they just get treated kind of poorly. I thought that was kind of what it was going to be like, but boy, I was wrong. Um, this, intern this internship has turned out to be one of the best jobs I've ever had, quote-unquote, on a job. Um, while my job as an intern is to bless the ministry with serving, the people around me also make sure that I'm spiritually filled as well. Every Thursday, I get to have the privilege of meeting with Freya, who is the kids' ministry director, and I get to catch up with her and just plan things out for kids' ministry. One topic that she wanted to talk about was my spiritual giftings, and I actually didn't know. It was never really on my mind to pin it down and be like, yeah, this is my gift from God. But from Priya's point of view, she said that I have a gift of servanthood. And after praying about it, I was like, that's, that's really true. Um, I really don't have a preference in the task that need to be done. I'll just do it because it needs to get done. And I find a lot of joy in that. I love the prep that I do every week to prepare for the kids on Sunday. And I love seeing the teachers have everything they need without having to stress about anything. That being said, I don't like to be in the spotlight or anything like that. So being up here is not something I would ever volunteer to do. So why am I up here? Well, God has been tugging at my heart to be more of a leader in the church. The intern program is all about building us up and equipping us to be leaders, which I knew that, but I naively thought I could get through this year without having to step up. Um, a little over the week ago, I had the opportunity to share my testimony at a worship night. And if you would have told me a month ago that I would share my testimony in front of a large group of people, I would have thought you were crazy. But God was calling me to share his story of his glory, and I couldn't deny that. When I gave my testimony, I wasn't nervous at all, and I had so much peace, that, and I felt God's joy that I was being obedient to what he called me to do. So when Scott walked into the room during my weekly prep for kids' ministry and asked me to share what God has taught me through this internship, I was like, dang it, because <laughs> I knew God wanted me up here today, even though I did not want to be. I had trouble deciding what to speak about, but I kept having the word leadership on my mind, which is when I realized that God called me to this internship to build up my leadership skills. While yes, this internship has taught me a lot about my spiritual giftings and how God has called me to serve, he is also using the internship to pull me out of my comfort zone to call me to leave, to lead, not leave, <laughs> which is the goal of the internship, to get you to, to develop skills to be a leader in the church. And although I still sometimes want to fight God when he calls me to lead in certain areas, he is definitely softening my heart, and just the peace and joy I feel when I listen to his calling is immeasurable. Um, I wish I had more time to share about my experience as an intern or to brag about how awesome Scott and Kim are, and no, I was not paid to say that. But my, that is my experience, in short, and how God has worked in my life through the internship. And I would like to introduce you all to Eman now. Good job, Anna. Well, I'm, I'm Eman, or Emmanuel Kassad is my full name. 
I'm a first-year intern. I interned for real life and property management. I grew up a pastor's kid for a cavalry down in a little tiny town in the middle of nowhere, a little, little town named Gold Beach, Oregon, about four hours south here on the coast. I didn't have many friends. I was bullied for my faith, and I, I didn't talk much. If I talked, I got made fun of, so I just didn't talk. I was extremely introverted. And I didn't like that. I didn't like it at all. All the way through high school, I was bullied. I found out why in ninth grade, my freshman year of high school. We went, my church partnered with Calvary, Calvary Chapel, Fort Collins in Colorado, and another church in Texas. We went to Israel. Calvary, Court, uh, not Corvallis, Calvary Fort Collins, they brought their youth group, and they were all juniors, juniors and seniors. I was a freshman at the time, extremely introverted. And there were those kids in that, that youth group, they were like, E-man, hang out with us, do this with us, come on, you can do it, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, no, I don't like that at all. My dad was like, dude, go, hang out, go, go have fun. I'm fine, okay. Two days later, I came back to my dad with a question. The question was, why do these guys treat me differently? Why is it that they've known me for two days, but they treat me like they've known me my entire life? Why is that? And my friends at home that's known me my entire life, they treat me like I'm nothing. Why? And he's like, that's it, dude. That's what I've been trying to tell you your entire life. You are a Christian. You have light in you. These guys here, they are also light in this world. Back home, you're surrounded by darkness. You are alone. You are an outcast. You are an exile. You, these guys are family with you because they are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and so are you. And right there, that was my, oh, I get it now. Everything I've been told my entire life finally became, I get it now. That's, everything's true now. So then I knew why I was different. Fast forward six years later, now I'm working at a tour boat company named Jerry's Rogue Jets for four years. This is my fifth year this summer. I'm working seven days a week. I got no time off. My parents came over in August for the pastor's conference, and they learned about the internship. They brought home an application for me, filled it out, borderline deadline, almost missed it. And I, about a week later, I get a call from Scott. Hey, I want to interview for the, for the internship. Okay. Two, took two days off. Came up here. Took the interview. And within four hours of walking around with Scott, I saw so many people my age, it was insane. In church, it was just me and my sister growing up my entire life. And they came here, it was just, boom, 200 plus people my age. Just like, whoa, okay, and that's new. I met some of the interns, the summer interns, and then some, some of the people in that crowd over there somewhere. And I'm like, yeah, this is the place I want to be. Now I'm here, six months later. And I've grown so much in my faith, it's unfathomable. Never thought I'd use that word before. Um, and living in that house, I'm also in the house of Caleb and five other guys, and it's like iron sharpening iron. We're learning together. We're growing together. We're living together. We're experiencing life together. And then there's 15 other interns now, co-op that like that. We're learning, we're experiencing, we're growing together. And then, and then from that to real life, 
200 plus. I found community. I found a family. I found people like me, like-minded people. What else to say for that? Being an intern at Calvary Corvallis, they offered me with that, and it's changed my life. So anybody who's looking for community, for fellowship, I encourage you to get in it. It changed my life. It will change yours, too. Oh, now you're going to hear from Caitlin. Hello, everybody. My name is Caitlin Abbott, and I'm a second-year intern with Real Life, which has been super fun. Um, when I first started coming to Calvary, it was 2019. I was a freshman. My faith was not very strong, and I was just kind of wanted to find a church, and who doesn't like a big, pretty church like Calvary? So I walked in, and within that first term, I remember sitting somewhere over there, and Rob had showed this two-minute clip of a documentary called Sheep Among Wolves. Some of you might remember that. But it was over here, and I was watching that, and this two-minute like clip really inspired me to go back to my dorm, and within like a week, I finished this two-hour-long documentary about how the gospel was being shared in a closed-off country like Iran. And I was like, whoa, really amazed, and it really changed my faith. And I was like, I need to start sharing the gospel. So I was looking for ways to get more involved, and you know, I heard about the internship program, and Chad was like, come on, you should join. <laughs> so my, my junior year of college, I started doing that, and now in my second year, I have really enjoyed just all the resources that the internship has provided me. Um, we had a class of how to share the gospel, and um, there's actually packets in the, the foyer over on those, some of those tables by the tithe and offering box, but it's called a KGP, How to Know God Personally, and it just takes you through the gospel in a very clear, concise message that you can share with somebody who's never heard the gospel before, and not only were we able to use, like learn about how to share our gospel, but we were also given opportunities to go out and do it. So we had um, in Cor Corvallis, just on the streets, there was a group of us just sharing the gospel to people walking by, and man, that'll grow your faith. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I just wanted to encourage you, like, it's hard, but we're called to share the gospel. And um, Hebrews 5, 13, and 14 says, it's not, it's not enough to just know. You know, Matthew 28 says, go, the Great Commission, go make disciples and baptize people. But it's not enough to just know that. We have to go and do it. Like, that's what makes us an effective and mature Christian is going and practicing those habits that we know. So I just want to challenge you. And this next week, go share the gospel with someone new. Um, and next, we're going to have um, Nikolai give a little word. Good job, Caitlin. Thank you so much. As she said, I'm Nikolai. I'm a real-life intern. This is my first year interning, and I just would love it if you guys would pray with me just to start. God, oh, I just want to give you this morning. I love you so much. Man, this is your morning. I pray that you just move in these people's hearts. There's all these testimonies, and it's like these words that can come, but if it's just the words... Hearts won't change because you're the one who changes it. I thank you, God, that, that you allow us to work with you in partnership, God, in your name. Amen. Man, guys, well, welcome here. I'm so 
actually glad you're all here. Like, even the people who come and it's your first morning here, thank you so much for stepping out in faith to see, like, what's this church and what's all it about. But really, too, like, people who have been coming here for years and years, that faithfulness is so, so important. And the way I connect with God, one of the ways most is, like, just wanting to bring people in, wanting to welcome people, because it's like, there's no way... Like, I could welcome you enough to show you, like, how much God wants to welcome and love you. And so I just want to say thank you so much for coming. I mean, getting through, like, putting kids in the car or even, like, just getting ready all by yourself and coming. You're, like, you're here now, and I just thank you guys for coming. But um, I just want to start out by thanking uh, Scott and Rob for putting this on. Like, they could have, I mean, they could have totally, like, just done a normal Sunday, and it's and, but they put us up and they chose to like raise us up. It's like training your kids. It's like the first time they're in the driver's seat and it's like you're in the passenger and you're like, all right, you're, you're in the passenger seat. And, uh, so, so hit the gas. <laughs> it's worrisome, but like I just want to thank you guys so much because it really means a lot. Um, but uh, that's the way God works. Like he could do all this by himself. Like he could like speak directly to each one of you in words way more profound than mine. Like, I probably, I wouldn't say I'd bring anything new or profound, but it's like God God speaks through me and through all these other interns. Um, um, moving on, uh, God raises us up and frees us, um, but, like, what's he doing when he actually raises us up? Like, what's he doing when he works in people's lives when we say that? What does it mean? And what he's doing is he's building his kingdom here. He's building it right now. He's like, God, when Jesus prayed to God, he's like, God, your kingdom come on earth like here as it is in heaven. And he's building his kingdom and setting people free from lies and habits that like chain them down. And it's like one of the, a um, lie uh, in my life that led to different habits was being good enough. Because, I mean, going to Awana and Bible school and... Uh, vacation Bible school and Sunday school, I, like, I learned so much about the power of God and how God is so powerful and, uh, and how much he loves us, but like the, the him loving us didn't really connect. And so I always thought, like, I've got to be good enough, I've got to work, and I've got to do this and that and that and sacrifice this because I just want to be good enough for God because he did so much for me, I may as well like do so much for him, and that's close, but it's not right because we don't have to be good enough. That lie was a lie that I was believing, but we don't have to be good enough. And the reason is because Jesus was, he was good enough so that we don't have to be. And then that freed me in so many other ways because I was looking at other people and wanting them to be good enough for me. But once I realized that I didn't have to be good enough, they didn't have to be good enough. And when people, like, when people are like talking to me and they're like, I'm sorry, sometimes I'm so like awkward saying stuff, and I'm like, bro, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be good enough. I love you. Like, I want to see your heart. I don't want you to have to like polish yourself up and um, to be good enough for me, and, and now I don't have to be good enough for God. Like, if it was just me, I would like get in giving a message. I would like stop halfway through the word and just like leave it at mess, but God is the one who like pulls me all the way forward get, to give a message. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's God's heart, wanting to build us up and build his kingdom and, and free us. And, and, um, but why is he freeing us? Why does he do that? And he frees us for his own glory. There's a story of a man who is, who is crippled. And Jesus and the disciples were like, oh, why is this guy like, crippled? Did he sin? Did his parents sin? And Jesus was like, he was crippled for, to bring my father glory. 
And it's like, a lot of us, it's like when we, when we hear that, it's like, oh, God's bringing glory to himself? That's like, is that selfish? Is that like, is that like greedy for all the glory? But the thing is, God is so much different from us. Like, when you get to know God, you don't mind giving him all the glory because God is so big. He does what he wants, when he wants, why he wants it, and there's no one who can stop him, no one who could even stand a chance. And the, he's so big that, like, whatever he does is the literal definition of right and good because there's no one, who, he always gets the final say. And, but he's so gentle with us. Like, like Job, a guy who... Uh, who had just such a good life. Like, he had kids, family, everything was going awesome. And then God, for his reasons, we know, but Job never did. God, for his reasons, took it all away. And then Job was sitting in a pile of ashes. Like, it's kind of gruesome, but he was, like, scraping, like, a, like the, his sores with a pot, like a shard from a pot, and just, like, it's, it was really bad. And he was like, God, why did I go from this to sitting, scraping my sores, like the, all the pus out? It's gross. But he said, God actually answered him. He came, and he's like, Job? And he said, gird thine loins like a man. But what he said was, put on your big boy pants. We're going to talk. <laughs> and he's like, Job, you asked me why I did this. And I'm telling you, actually asking you, were you there when I made the foundations of the earth? Everything you know, when I made everything you don't know, when I put the planets in motion, when I, when I, when I, when I created people and another person, and the complexity of a person is crazy. And the complexity between two people is insane. And you get a whole crowd like this big, a whole society, like all the inter interactions and complexities, it's crazy. And Job didn't understand like the most foundational things. So God's like, Job, you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand if I told you why. And it's okay. It's like a little kid asking, like, why can't I drive? And it's like, you could explain them to, explain, like, well, there's, like, it's dangerous. You couldn't even reach the pedals. Like, there's other cars. And it's like, we don't understand, but God is gentle to answer us. And man, that gentle side of God is, is just so important because it, and that I got to, I got to know it, that he's all-powerful. He's so big but he's gentle and loving and wants me. When I was at a, a retreat and uh, there was a, the speaker was talking and he was like, guys, this might change your life, what I'm about to tell you. Because if you get to heaven after a whole life of loving God or like, or like pursuing God and all you ask for him in prayer is to either forgive your sins or to help you in a hard time. If that's all, it's like, God, please forgive me for this. Please help me in this hard time. Please help my friend in this hard time. If, like, that's all your prayer, all your conversation with God, when you get to heaven, it's going to be awkward because there's no sin and there's no problems for him to solve. So you'll stand up there and you'll be like, hey, God, like, uh, what do we talk about? <laughs> and so he, he challenged us. He's like, like, ask him questions about himself. Ask, like, actually walk with him, talk with him. And the thing is, he asked us to listen for the answer. And that's a big thing, like, here at Calvary. I've never seen it so, like, widespread. Like, Rob talks all the time, and different people come up and talk. And, like, just when you're in prayer, people talk about talking to God and listening for the answer. And, and God answers us all in different ways. But he does answer because when you ask him questions and spend the time to listen, man, it changes your prayer life from just 
like a job, like working, okay, I got to clock in, and then, oh, I got to pray and then clock out. It changes it from that to like walking to class and wanting to just talk to him and ask him just to like work in the heart, lives of your, your classmates or, or going to work, driving to work, and you're like, well, I could listen to the radio or I could like turn it down and just talk to God and like listen. And there was one time when I was driving home late at night after one of the real, summer real lives, and I would just turn off the radio because I felt in my heart like I could, I could listen to this radio and I really like this song. But I just felt in my heart, I was like, turn it down and just like listen to me. And I'm like, okay, all right. I turned down the radio and I just listened. And I'm like, okay, God, the floor is yours. Like, I, I really hope you pull up because I'm not feeling too good and I think this song will make me feel better, but I guess it won't. So I'm listening to you. And then like that moment, like when the, when the, when the rain started and God just was like, 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 it was weird, but he was just like holding my heart and like encouraging me and like, like just building me up and just like, like I've got this, Nikolai, like these things in your life, like I've got this. And so I drove like the whole way and then parked at um, my house and then just waited in, the, waited in the parking lot for like 30 minutes just listening. And it was, it's, it's so cool when you have like, when you change from like God is all powerful, I respect God, to like God is loving and wants me. And so that is just like, something so big that I learned that really just like changed my life. And, and he builds it up and for his glory. And as you get to know him, you want to give him the glory. And so I think, let's see if I had a way to land this plane. Oh, um, let's see. Yes. So it, it really, I mean that, and then at Camp Jonah when they, uh, when I went and then the spiritual leader, Becky, she was like, guys, you're all kids. I was like 15. And she's like, you guys a lot of you were raised in the church. A lot of you were walking around with a like a fire insurance in the back pocket, and what that's like is like putting God on the back burner. Like it's okay. Like whatever I do, as long as like as long as I go to heaven in the end. And she's like, grab that fire insurance and throw it out because God wants you to live eternal life right now, walking with Him. And so that really that really busted me out of lukewarmness because lukewarmness was really what I struggled with growing up in the church, just being like, well, okay, this is normal. And so that, that really busted me out of lukewarmness. And um, the lesson that I learned is just to chase God. Chase God over everything else because everything in the world just doesn't satisfy. Like you could chase it to the end. And I've heard, like, man, I've heard people who've poured their life into such worldly good, like looks good things. And I've heard professors like say at OSU that one guy was like, he was like, yeah, you guys just keep pursuing science and like eventually you get like a, eventually you get a, like a, a bio, uh, like a, a germ or something like named after you and then you'll have made your mark in science. And it's like, that was like having something named after you, your name go down in the annals of science is like the biggest achievement. And man, like the, I, I just caught in his voice, like the, it was just like a hint of just like hopelessness because like that's the best, like, and then you'll, you'll have something named after you and then you'll die, and then like nobody will care because they have to just na memorize another name. And so it's so sad. And so whatever you chase in the world, like, like man, just chase after God because he's the only one that satisfies. He's the one who like connects you with others. And man, do we know relationships are so important. They're, they are what really, really like bring us fulfillment. 
And the biggest relationship that will bring you fulfillment is relationship, real relationship with God. And so I hope this morning I was able to bring you guys a little buffet of a message with maybe some like milk for newer believers, and I hope to bring some meat, but, God, but guys, God is the one working in your hearts, and so I give any glory of anything just to God. If you, if you were stirred this morning, just praise God, because he's the one that did it, like, and, and I just want to thank you all for coming, because it really means a lot to have this opportunity and speaking in front of people is the most scary thing. I, I, my goodness, if I if I didn't if I didn't have a rule of just always saying yes, I would I would totally not. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming. And Rob, if you want to come up and, amen. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that, Nikolai. There's at the um, pastors' conferences, you'll often hear pastors say, you know, the key to getting in ministry, and maybe you want to be in ministry, come early, stay late, and say yes to whatever you're asked to do, and you'll, you'll be in ministry. And I love that, Nikolai. You, you have that heart to come early, stay late, and say yes to whatever you're asked to do. How, how old are you? 22. 22 years old. And um, what are you going to school for? Uh, to be a doctor. doctor. Wow. <laughs> or maybe a pastor, you know? <laughs> maybe one day I'll be up here on stage with a young man like this, and it'll be the young man that God is uh, grooming and raising up one day. <laughs> I'm going to school to serve God. Going to school to serve God, yeah. Hey, uh, Nikolai, let, let's, um, let's pray together. And why don't you just pray for our congregation? And why don't you just pray for those that maybe, like Job, are going through some hard things? And why don't you pray for those that struggle with lukewarmness? And why don't you pray, and I'll pray too. Yeah. All right. Oh, God, I pray that you, just, that you just reach right into the hearts of the people here who are struggling with, struggling with just hardship and struggling with asking God, asking you, God, why? Why are you doing this to me, God? I pray that they do, don't shy away from asking that question. Because, man, Job got to know you after he asked that question. Even though you didn't answer him, you had something so much better. And I pray that you just give anybody in here, I mean, I'm sure everybody in here is struggling with something. And I pray that God, with that, I pray that you just give them the courage to confront you. Because you're not afraid of it. I pray that you give them the courage to just ask you hard, hard questions. And I pray for those who are struggling with lukewarmness, who just... Who just who who read the passage in Revelation and they're like, yeah, God spits out lukewarm people, but I don't know. I mean, I've done this so long, I've done this so long that going to church is just normal. I go, say hi, leave, and it's just another part of the day. I pray God that you just that you just bust up the norm, God. If 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 you need to like use a pickaxe to to break into the parts of their hearts that are stoned, the parts of my hearts that are stoned. God, I just want to open myself and these people up just to that. I pray that you just, you just work in these hearts, whatever they need. If you need a, just a washing of the Holy Spirit to give water to the clay of their heart that's hardened, I pray that you just do that, God. I pray that you just work in this room, work it through these people because you've got something so big planned. You've got, you want to work through these people. You want them to be able to say yes to you out of love. You want them to have hearts that beat with flesh and just passion, God, for you and for your work. And I pray, God, for these people and for the other people who are struggling with different things. I pray, God, that you just meet each person here 
where they're at. Please meet me where I'm at right now this morning. Please meet each person coming in. Even if they have to go right after this, I pray, God, that you just meet them right where they're at. In your name, God. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Hey, let's have the rest of the interns come up behind us here. And Issa, you can come to the microphone. I was just thinking, uh, you, can, you can come over here, Issa, too. Uh, no, Issa, you can stay here. You stay right here. Uh, I, was, I was thinking, too, I could, I could say something, but you kind of have your, uh, the metal to the pedal. You're doing a good job driving. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I just thought I'd have these guys come up, um, and we were praying backstage. You, you stay up. You stay right up here. Stay right in front of the pulpit. Put your hands up on the pulpit there. Yeah. Like kind of, yeah, there you go. <laughs> You look good, yeah. <laughs> we were backstage, and, um, you know, we started praying for the interns, and just the word beginning. Like, as soon as we started praying beginning, and the Lord just gave me this picture of, you know, all of these guys beginning. You know, I, I, the Lord brought back a memory. I used to always be the youngest at whatever I did. I'm not, I'm, I'm not the youngest anymore at whatever I do. But I was just with all of these guys and realizing here they are, the, the youngest. And I could just see your lives. I could just see the beginning. Like I could just see God raising you guys up in leadership and using you and your, your lives for his glory. And let, church, let's just stretch out our hands like, and just make that like an, a, an opportunity to pray blessing on these students. It'd be hard for all of us to come up on stage and lay hands on them, but... Just stretch out your hand like you want to lay your hand on them and pray blessing on them. And God, we're just so thankful for uh, these interns that, Lord, this is truly a remarkable grace on this church. It's just evidence of, of grace that you're raising young people up and their hearts are, are passionate for you and they're serving you and saying yes to you. And we, we just pray that word from Nikolai over all of these, that they'll just have that yes Yes, in their heart for serving you. Yes, for whatever you want to do. And Lord, we pray that back over our congregation that we would have a yes. Lord, when you're, when you're prompting us, a lot of times we say no. And would you just put that in us, Lord, that we'd even go from church today and there'd be something for us that we'd realize that's you and we'd say yes to it. We wouldn't ignore it. We wouldn't pretend it's not there. But Lord, we'd say yes, we'd do it as, as we were exhorted today. And uh, we're just, just blessing, just that Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. We were, all the men of the state were singing out, crying out to fall afresh. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, would you fall afresh on our church this morning? On these praying in the congregation, would you fall afresh on these on stage? And Lord, just let it be a beginning. Let it be a true beginning that they walk step after step after step. And all that you have for them, as Nikolai said, doctor, but... I'm, I'm going to school to prepare for serving God. So what a, what a testimony. Thank you for, for uh, Nikolai, and thank you for all of these that have been sharing this morning. And, and those that didn't share this morning, too, thank you for raising them up. In Jesus' name, amen. And you guys can be seated, and uh, Issa, you can stay at the mic. Yeah, you can use this mic. I'll um, come up here. I didn't know which mic you want to be at. So, uh, Issa showed up at the church here a couple years ago. Our sister church in uh, Astoria, we're just so close with, and they come to our pastor's conference, and uh, they came one year, and one of the dads said, uh, my daughter's here at the pastor's conference. She's 18. Now, I don't know if you'd be open to her singing a song or not. Like, that doesn't normally happen. You don't normally at the pastor's conference have an 18-year-old sing a song. But the Lord had Issa there to sing a song. 
And she not only led out that year, but she came back the next year and led worship at the pastor's conference. And it's just, you know, wow, God's hand is on this young woman. I don't have justice to explain to you how God is raising her up in a really remarkable way with her giftings and call on her life. But I tell you, it's a joy to lead worship with you. And in the summertime, uh, you know, for some uh, leading worship, I mean, it's a lot of effort to, to play and sing skillfully. And sometimes I can uh, be a little tough to work with because I'm always, I don't ever know which direction I'm going. And, but Issa just seems to thrive. Like I know we're ministering together. She just thrives. Like, yeah, whatever direction you want to go, I'll go. Like, and so it's just been a joy, uh, Issa. And I know God's put something on your heart. So I'm going to uh, take the passenger seat and let you share. Thank you, Rob, and thanks, Nikolai. Um, so I'm Issa, and I am a first-year intern with Real Life, and, like, I oversee worship. And, yeah, it's just, like, been such a joy and one of the greatest experiences of my life. Um, and today I just wanted to share a little bit about, like, the heart of revival. The Lord's been just teaching me so much. And I'm sure many of you have been, like, aware of what's going on across the country of just, like, these sparks of revival beginning to fly. And if you're anything like me, that kind of leads to this questioning of, like, okay, God, like, what are you doing next, and what do you have for us in Corvallis, and like, what are we, like, how do we foster this, how do we shepherd this, and my old pastor, Jason Beal, used to say, like, the prayer that leads to revival is, God, we are desperate for you, and as a little 11-year-old, the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, I just have to say those words, and then revival, whatever that looks like, is just going to appear, and, and then I began to learn, like, what true desperation for the Lord looks like, and I think oftentimes, nowadays, I forget that I need to be desperate for the Lord, or that, like, Somewhere in me, I am desperate for the Lord, and I even think, like, the comforts and the luxuries of our modern-day society can numb me and, like, so many of us to the idea that we need Jesus, and, like, that's all we ever need, and he's the one who's going to satisfy, and um, I love that beatitude, like, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled, and um, I've been, like, asking the Lord lately that he would show me what it looks like to be truly hungry and to, to be truly thirsty and to actually be desperate for the Lord, um, and it's like, it's been such a joy to see that answered in like little ways. And um, I don't know. And, and even like looking at my generation, I think it's easy for a lot of us to just feel hopeless and just see, man, they're like rampant with sin. Like there's no hope. Like this is the end of whatever, you know, but I'm actually so excited about what the Lord could do because I think our, like my generation is so desperate for like three things. And the first is they just, they're desperate to be known. They're desperate to be loved well, and they're desperate to love people well. And Jesus is fully and completely the answer to all three of those things. Um, and I believe, like, if they turn that hunger to the Lord, like, revival is going to break out like that, you know? And, um, like, hunger is the kindling for revival. And alongside that, the Lord, Lord has also been showing me, like, the danger of making an idol out of revival. Because it's super easy, I think, for me to, like, seek the idea of revival. Like, oh, it's going to look like this and this and this. Instead of just seeking more of the Lord. And... He's been showing me, like, the dangers of, like, manufacturing a facade of revival instead of just seeking and praying that we'd have more of Jesus and more of the Holy Spirit, no matter what that looks like. We need to let the Lord be, like, the one who lights the fire and not, not us trying to light it out of our own works. I want to tell you guys a story from what is one of my favorite books of the Bible, and I'm not, I'm not joking, but it's Leviticus. Um, <laughs> it's, that's a long story I can tell you guys if you ask me later, but... Um, 
in chapter 9, like the Lord presents himself as a consuming fire to the Israelites, and it's, it's beautiful and glorious, and everybody's on their faces, and they're like, oh, my lanta, this is the Lord, and um, just in awe. And then in the, in the next chapter, Aaron, the priest's sons come waltzing in, and they like like lit their own fire, and they're like, oh, look at us. You know, it, it's kind of clear in the text that they have this impure, prideful motive, and then they die because of that. Like the Lord, the Lord strikes them dead, and this story is just like has always stayed with me, and it's led me to this prayer of like, Lord, I don't want to present to you like a fire that I've lit on my own, and I don't want to like be burning of like my own accord, but I want you to be the one who lights the fire, and um, I don't want like an impure heart, you know, when I'm burning for him, and, and the last thing the Lord has been teaching me is like, how do I like get rid of that impure heart? I'm like, Lord, how do you purify me, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, Chip and Joanna Gaines and, like, those home renovation shows. Um, But basically, like, an episode will start with this, like, dilapidated shack. And you're looking at it, and you're thinking, this should probably be burned to the ground. It's better off that way. But then, like, in the show, they'll bring in these master renovators. And the renovators will begin to, like, clean every inch of the place, like, toss stuff out, tear down walls, like, sometimes put up, like, new, you know, structures and... And, and at the end, you're left with this, like, multi-million dollar house, and it's beautiful. And you guys, we are the Lord's temple. Each one of us is an individual house for the Holy Spirit, and he is that master renovator. He can transform us by the renewing of our minds, and it's such a beautiful process. And lately, it's been my prayer that the Lord would renovate my soul, even if that means tossing out the metaphorical furniture that brings me comfort or tearing down walls that I tried to hide behind. But the house of my soul is not my own. It's been bought with a price. I've been praying that the Lord would renovate me into a house that isn't cluttered or dusty, but comfortable and easy for him to move around in. That he would make me into his dream home, like whatever he wants a house to be, that he would renovate me into that. And I want to encourage you guys lastly, like if you think that you're the soul of your, or the home of your soul is like, like that dilapidated shack, and you think it would be better off being burned to the ground like The Lord is a master renovator for you too. And he is so faithful to finish the work that he starts. Unlike many home renovation projects that just are deserted and half done, there is no soul renovation that the Lord leaves incomplete or abandoned. All we have to do is say yes to him, to say, Lord, like I invite you into my life to renovate me, renew me, transform me, and purify me. And I so believe that like soul renovation leads to soul revival. And he is faithful to finish the work that he starts. So that's all I really wanted to share. And I'm going to pass the mic off to Rob. Yeah, beautiful. Come up, come up here too, Isa. Hey, uh, why don't we just uh, bow our heads for a minute? And could we do that? And just kind of in a, in a place of prayer as we're... Uh, Lord's put some songs on Isa's heart. We're going to take communion in a couple minutes. But... I just wonder if someone, um, if you don't just really resonate with just feeling like your your life is like a shack that's just dilapidated, and maybe would just be better burned down. If if you resonated with that, and Issa, you can keep your eyes open. Could you could you just raise your hand? That I'm going to ask Issa to pray for you, and no one else needs to see that. But if you just feel like you know what, my life is just dilapidated and falling apart, and it'd just be better to have it burned down. Just hold your hand up. Two of you, three of you, four of you, five, six, seven, right? It's no, for, for no one else to see, but you resonated with that. That's, that's how you feel. Anyone else? 
Yeah, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 of you. Anyone else? Yeah, and would you just pray for those that feel that way, Isa? Yeah, Lord, thank you that you are a redeeming God. And like all the stories in the Bible just point to the power of your redemption. And that you are so faithful to complete the good work that you start. Lord, there's not a person in this room that you don't see fully and that you don't know fully. And I just lift up those people who raise their hands. Lord, thank you so much for that step of faith. And just that that acknowledgement of, Lord, I want to be renovated. I want to be changed and, and transformed. And thank you, Lord, that it, it only takes a yes for you to move. It only, it only takes a yes for you to come in and, and begin that transformation. So I just pray, Lord, for those people that you would just cover them in your peace. Lord, would your peace just be so present? Would your Holy Spirit begin to build them up in their identity in you, Lord, not their identity in the world or in what they think their life looks like right now, but they would just be so sure in who you are, Lord. Would you just teach them to say yes as you begin this like renovation process? It can be frustrating at times, Lord, but you are faithful. Just pray your goodness over these people, Lord, that you would bless them beyond measure this morning. In your name, amen. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you to just keep your heads bowed for just a, just a minute as we finish. And um, the, the morning is coming to a close. And I'm just thinking of that, uh, that, that work you're talking about, that remodel, the, the master renovator. And again, if you just, just keep bow your head, this is just a time of prayer. I'm just uh, sharing freely with you. But, you know, I thought of the verse when Issa was sharing that he who has begun a good work in me is faithful to complete it. And, you know, uh, I often think when I see the construction signs that, you know, there's uh, construction work ahead, you just kind of have to know, you got you to go slower. It's going to be really inconvenient. You got to go slower. You're going to have to stop. I got to wait for that stop sign to turn around pretty soon. My plans are thrown off. I'm usually in a hurry. But, you know, isn't that the reality? Like, God is doing a work in each one of us if he's begun a good work. And we just have to be patient with each other. God is at work. God is renovating. It might not be as fast as you want it to be or the way you want it to be, but we just have to be patient with each other, give a lot of grace to each other that if God's doing a work, it's a lot like construction. And I just also, I sense that's a word for us, but I also just sense a word that maybe you're someone and you don't have the confidence that God has begun that work of salvation. It starts with salvation it starts with a surrender of your heart that, that you surrender, you open up your heart, you, you, you're willing to bring your sin to Jesus. Like, like uh, Nikolai said, that you're not good enough to be right with God, but Jesus is perfect. His perfect righteousness can be given to you, and your sin can actually, the great exchange, he'll take your sin and that's forgiveness. That's, that's a work that begins. That's salvation. And then that, that's the rest of your life, that miracle begins, but then the rest of your life, the renovation continues. And I just wonder, is there anyone that this is perhaps a miracle moment of salvation beginning, that you, you want it to begin right now? You're willing you're, you're willing to bring your sin to Jesus and turn from your sin and turn to him to save you and start a work in your life? Just with every head bowed, could you raise your hand if that's you? 
You don't, you don't know that that's begun? Just hold it up where I can see it. But you want it to begin right now. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and just as you raise your hand, just pray. Just say, Lord, let it begin now. The Bible says now is the day of, of salvation. Today is. And if you have a heart to today be saved, anyone else today? You don't know if you're saved. You don't know if what Jesus did at the cross is yours, but you want to know that that's yours. You want your, your, your heart's prepared to surrender to him in a saving way. You'd have to hold your hand up where I could see it. If that's, if that's you, you're, you, you desire that, you want that, you'd like help to cross the line and know that you're saved. Anyone else? Can't always see if you don't hold it up high enough. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, two of you this morning. You know, the Bible says his spirit bears witness with our spirit when we are saved. The Holy Spirit's in you. And, and those of you that are saved, you know it. You're not raising your hand because you know it. Yeah, I'm not perfect, but the, the good work has begun. Anybody else, you don't have the spirit in you bearing witness with your spirit that you're a child of God? The, the spirit's on the outside. Yeah, beautiful. Right here in the front row. So beautiful. And just as you raise your hand, you can just say those words, yes, Jesus. Anyone else? The Spirit's on the outside trying to get in to take up residency in you, and you have to open the door. Just last call, if that's, if that's you. You could humble yourself and say, you know what? I think God is on the outside of my life. I want him to come on the inside. Anyone else? Yeah, and, and uh, Issa, why don't you, um, uh, you have two songs on your heart, Lord, thank you for these. You, you raise your hand, just, just tell the Lord, say, Lord, I, I, I surrender to you. I open my heart to you. I turn from my sin and turn to you to save me and change me. Just pray that. Pray from your heart and ask the Holy, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill me. Pray that, Holy Spirit, fill me and change me. And I, I just thought for all of us that God's begun a good work in, I think it's natural that we yearn. We yearn for that work to be complete one day. We yearn. We want the Lord to be remodeling us. He's begun a good work. And Issa, why don't you just lead us and we'll just... We'll just allow the Lord to, uh, to work in us the way only he can, surrendering things to him, opening up to him, letting him move freely in our lives. And we're going to take communion. So as Isa leads us, come on up and take